Hey everyone and welcome to Almost Cancelled, I'm Peter, that is Connor and we are going to talk about Homecoming Season 1, Episode 4, it's called Redwood. So full spoilers for the episode, as always. So actually, I, wait, I was just, one of the things you said last time uh, that I was thinking about was the idea that Homecoming will be the, the whole point is that it raises the memories of, of the people who were over there. Yeah. And you said it was to tackle PTSD. I was thinking about this. And I think it's a little bit more nefarious than that. I think oh, that's like a, that, yeah. that's like a knock-on effect of it. Like that's what they can sell it as. Yeah, I, I imagine that's what they're yeah. that's what they're selling it as. I think the too. actual reason though is more about what can they, what what missions can they put them on that they don't want anyone to know about, including the soldiers who were there. And yeah, you know, yeah, the, the, yeah course, shady I'm, shit. Yeah, of course. But yeah, they, they sell it in uh, to get approval for all the testing and stuff. Yeah, yeah. But I, I was just, I was thinking about it before yeah. I started watching this one. But uh, so so where, where to begin? Um, the present day stuff in this one was was fairly straightforward. It was we got we got a montage of the the main ingredient, which I assume was the plants that were in the background in the first phone call in episode one with Colin. Uh, we see them. It's be processed. Be you know be be you know formed into. The, the the final liquid and then sent off and shipped to yeah to, to to homecoming um very stylized little sequence but enjoyable because you understand what's going on mm. and the other present day stuff is mainly the idea that walter's upset that schreier's been removed and comes to question heidi about it uh and they get to talking again she calms him down um but it's essentially them bonding a little bit more her learning a little bit more about his experience over there and how he feels responsible for the death of a Titanic Rising guy, because <laughs> I can't remember his name. But even she said Titanic Rising so and so. Like that's how she yeah. remembered it. Yeah. Um, but they ha- they ha- they share a couple of more intimate moments because she actually comes to his room and gives him the harmonica, which was Schreier's. Because that's that was one of the things that really bothered him because he saw them like clean his room out, and why didn't he take that with him? That's small enough that he would just carry with him. Why is that not with him? You know. Yeah, it's weird. And she, she, you know, she tries to alleviate his fears, but she goes into the storage closet to 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 track it down, and she brings it to him his his room. Uh, and again, they talk about his hopes to go back to this road trip. He wanted to go to Yosemite, and he almost got there this one time before he he went overseas. Uh, but his car broke down at the last minute. But he's talking about all the little towns and how they were kind of in their own little world, and how it, had he stopped and kind of settled, he might have just stayed there, and that might have just yeah. been his life. Um, I think it's just all a metaphor for life in general and just like the choices you make and how one choice to take one job or one choice to move somewhere can kind of just lead to where everything else goes. And, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, pr- yeah pretty straightforward. And, but, and then the idea that, you know, you, you don't get where you set out to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but he was he was almost put back in autopilot uh, back into the military because his car broke down and his, his mum brought, brought him home. And we even see his mum, actually. They, they all get Skype calls um, in this episode. Uh, and she's she's very inquisitive about where he is, why he's there, where his buddies are. Yeah. Um, and obviously there's not much he can tell her. He's not. There's not. And it, it's, it's the sort of thing where he's kind of shrugging it off, but it's maybe like the paranoia makes be starting to get to him. Why, why don't I have answers to any of these things? I think so, because obviously this is the thing. We know we're building to a... A violent incident of some sort. Yeah, and he's becoming attacked because we don't because obviously the way he said hi to Heidi before and the like, you know, Schreier kind of noticed that yeah. in this episode he kind of hugs her as she's leaving. Um, she looks terrified for about half a second. 
Yeah, and then she realizes that it's just a because it's very awkward. It's very initiated in an awkward way where it's kind of mid sentence, and he just mm-hmm. kind of goes for it. And it, it, I mean, it's this fair enough. He, he he, it's just a hug, but it has this weird tension about it. Uh, so did you notice uh, the other dude outside the window? Obviously, you see him walk out the hallway at the yeah. end, but. Uh, in the middle of the scene when she's sitting near the window through the blinds you can just see him and you can't quite make out his face but I just a little of that guy a little of the guy who who works there okay. um, makes sense yeah did you notice him standing there watching I, I did notice it I, I didn't rec- I couldn't like make out his face yeah. as I said I noticed someone it was it was so subtle though it was a sort of thing where in any other show I might have thought wait an extra's m- messing up this take they've not noticed that the extra's ruining the yeah, fact that you're staring at the, the window do that. yeah uh, but it was it was that subtle though it's like is this intentional that <laughs> someone's staring at the window? Because <laughs> it's because I think in mo- most cases with TV shows and movies, they'll make it more obvious who it is to, for that effect. They'll they'll make it clear that this is whoever. But this yeah. felt so just blurry and just random that it it could have been whatever. But then he steps out at the end. Um, so obviously he's concerned that they're getting too close and that maybe this is becoming an inappropriate or or maybe more more actually unprofessional relationship. Yeah. Although we saw it though, there was nothing actually wrong with it. <laughs> There wasn't, but I can see how not having any context, just seeing, oh, she's she's in his room. Yeah. And then, you know, I can see why you might think that. Yeah, so uh, that was pretty much the present day stuff. The flash-forward stuff uh, was mighty interesting, I thought. Uh, oh, far more interesting. Because... Not the other stuff was bad, but... Yeah, the other stuff was fine, but... This, it just, this, this is the, the yeah. meat of the episode, though. The, the, yeah, this is definitely the meat. And um, so... We we actually get to see headquarters. We get to see the headquarters of the Geist building. Yes. Uh, Carrasco is here, and he's been bounced around a little bit. Uh, and there's a lot of really just subtly surreal things here. Uh, especially I thought in the set design, the one waiting chair that's right in the middle of this entrance. Yeah, but behind this pillar. Yeah, it was just really. It's one of those weird things where they've designed that to be perfectly symmetrical, which makes it feel almost dreamlike and kind of almost like it's meant to make him feel weird and uncomfortable. See, because she she gestures for him to sit down, and he looks like you know either side, and it's like, well, there's no chairs, and it's directly behind him. Yeah, and you know he's covering it up entirely, so we we can't see it until he does either. Yeah, and then when he sits down, he's like he's right in the middle of the frame, and everything's perfect. It's one of those things where real life is not actually that neat, right? Real life is kind of messy. It's kind of those imperfections everywhere. So whenever a movie or whatever makes a set and makes it so it's perfectly symmetrical and clean, it feels a little bit off, like like we're in a fake world. Yeah, and and there are times where that's just someone not understanding what they're doing and and the you know it, it comes across as oh well. sure yeah but i mean i'm Whereas, not using this or that <laughs> no no of course this is a very intentional choice clearly. yeah and it's almost like it's not so much that i think they're saying that this world's fake or even that this business is like fake i i think for me i took it as this business wants whoever's sitting there to feel this way <laughs> oh absolutely <laughs> yeah, yeah. this is a psychological tactic yeah, um, you want to feel uncomfortable. You're isolated. You're in the middle alone. Yeah. You got or, nothing or around the, you. Even the fact that it's this really comfy chair where he sinks in. It's like, why is this yeah. in an office building? <laughs> yeah. When he, when, he, when he has to get up to shake Colin's hand, he's kind of like fighting his way out of it. He's like, oh, I need to get up. I'm an old man. <laughs> so, but oh, uh, so Colin comes out, and you know he because she calls or someone's here asking asking about homecoming, and he comes out almost immediately. Yeah. Um, and he's like, oh, is this him? And he starts talking to him. And Joe, you know, it's funny, because obviously we talked about Heidi and how um, how I was convinced that she genuinely couldn't remember things. This is the opposite with him. He remembers oh, every damn thing. He he 
he he knows exactly how much he's lying. <laughs> he's he is being a smooth cover up bastard. Yeah, he's never he's never heard of you know homecomings. Like, oh yeah, I think we had like a project called that. He's like, yeah, I vaguely remember yeah. it. We, we, it. It's not active now though, so I don't, I don't really care. Never heard of Heidi. And I've heard of Walter. Never uh, yeah. been to Tampa. You know, the, 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 oh, that's the one line I believe, mm. where he says, "I've never been to Tampa." I think that you know, going into that's the idea true, yeah. of he wants that deniability that he can go, "No, no, I was never even there." Yeah, no, no, I mean, that's that's fair. No, he probably wasn't there, but um, he kind of fobs him off. He he, he he tries to like smooth him and just kind of talk to him and like, "No, I mean, I know like, these dates match up, but you know, it doesn't necessarily mean something happened, and we we don't have any records of anything happening, so." You know that that's us, uh, but of course Carrasco, obviously he's he's getting frustrated by the red tape. But he's very you know he's very formal, he's very civil. He just kind of said, well, I'll I'll have to speak to some of the people involved directly then. And again, I was like, he's just like, well, uh, good luck finding them. They're all we can't really get in touch with them. It's like he keeps moving the goalposts. Like he he keeps making it like as difficult as possible, just to make it sound like just give up. It's not worth it. Just give up. You know, without saying that. Yeah. And he's like, oh, I've already found one. Uh, I'm looking forward to speaking to him and. But he doesn't see who it is. I really like that touch. It's like, it's not actually so much that he's... Like, I don't know if Carrasco actually thinks that there's something so shady going on that something would happen to someone if he said the name, but he's smart enough to not actually say who it is. It just leave. And he, he, he leaves uh, Colin there sweating just a little bit because he turns around and just puts his hands in the banister. He's just, you can tell he's frustrated. He does not look happy about this development. He does not. Uh, and then meanwhile, we see Heidi come back from our, our quote-unquote date with with uh was it was it Ar- Arthur? <laughs> no, was it Arthur was it? <laughs> I can't remember his name. Definitely began with an A, and it didn't help that her mother said one. And it she was said wrong. Andrew, and then she corrected him. But I can't remember what she I corrected him. I think it was with. Anthony. Anthony. Oh, I think it was. Yeah, I think it was. I think it was. I think it tells you how boring this this guy is because it's been four episodes, and I, I I'm still struggling to remember his name. I'm I'm only remembering because of the joke of it of her yeah. mother not getting. Hey, that almost justifies me not remembering it, is the fact that she can't remember it. Yeah, yeah, you're not supposed to care. But she she goes looking for, like, old belongings in the, in the closet, and she finds, like, hospital discharge papers and things like that, and she's like, I was in the hospital? Why didn't you tell well, me? Why didn't you tell me? Like, what do you mean, why did I tell you? You were bloody there. Yeah, I, I like that response. It was like, what do you mean, why didn't I tell you? Why would I tell you? <laughs> I, you know, you knew. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that, that, that'd be like you say to you, that'd be like you say to me, why don't you tell me I'm ginger? I'm like, uh, what? what? Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you want a mirror, right? <laughs> maybe you don't. Maybe you avoid it for obvious reasons. I don't know, but <laughs> I do avoid it where, where possible. Yes, uh, but then she finds her old phone, and there's lots of missed calls from Colin. Uh, and I noted the dates as well. It was all leading up to the fifteenth. It was like the twelfth onwards. Was all these yeah, missed calls. Yeah, the, the final date was the fifteenth. Yeah, uh, she scrolled down a bit though. I think it went down to the twelfth, maybe the eleventh. That push, but it was around maybe. there. Um, yeah. and it was all these missed calls. So she stops taking his calls eventually, mm. uh, which is interesting. But she's like, I don't know who Colin is, and she she takes her phone into her work, and she's talking to her her colleague, and she's like, hey. You ever, you ever like not remember? And your colleagues like, oh yeah, sure, I, I forget things all the time, but it's not what she means. It's, she's just very flippant, and she's like, oh yeah, there's this phone and this guy named Colin. I have no idea who it is. And she's like, call him. And I'm, like, I'm gonna call him. Like, no, call him. Call him. Find out. Find out. She's like, well, no signal on this phone. It's like, 
Oh, come on. You can get the number pretty yeah. easy. Do, do you know what I think is funny about this? Is that I think the colleague's thinking, oh, this is some, like, you know, oh, you had an affair with someone named Colin. She, she, she's looking for juicy gossip, basically. I, I love how the, the, the colleague's like, oh, you've blocked this out. She's like, whatever happened was, yeah. was, was interesting. Yeah, but it, it is interesting, but it's a lot more it is, yeah. different than, you know, it's a lot more intricate than what she's thinking. Um, and she calls. She calls Colin. We don't see him here. And he, he, she says, "Oh, hey, Colin, it's uh, it's Heidi." And then he just hangs up. And she looks kind of confused. And we cut to him back at HQ, almost as if it took place right after that conversation with Carrasco. Like he's he's in roughly the same place. He's maybe mm-hmm. just walking up the stairs again, kind of from there. And uh, that's where we end the episode. It's just him like standing there, just in like shock that she she's called him. Almost like she shouldn't have the ability to do it. Like. They missed the fact that she'd have a phone somewhere with his number on it. And yeah, of of all the days though for her to, yeah. to to do this, it's like okay, things are lining up too much. Things right? are closing in, you might say, like the aspect ratio. Yeah, yeah. They're closing in, um, and I like this touch. I also I like the touch though that we actually met him in the future before this phone call happened. Yeah, I think either would have worked for me. Like yeah. this would have been a good introduction, but I think it has the added weight here of okay, we know what day he's been having. Yeah, I think for me it works because I, I think it, had we not met him previously in the episode, I wouldn't have wanted them to show me him at the end. I don't think. Okay. You know, I think I feel like you'd let the mystery, you know, sit that why did it? You know, he hung up immediately. You just leave it there. But I think because we already saw him cutting back to him and like seeing an evolution of the the already frustration that we saw growing in him. Um, yeah. Is is this, I, know, I, I just um, but no, it works. It works really well. Um, I, I think that we clearly establish where he is and who he is in the future. Um, and it, nothing seems to have really changed for him. He's still working at Geist. He's uh, still being a slimy bugger. Yeah. Who, who knows what shady shit he's up to now. Maybe, or maybe he's avoiding the shady shit because Homecoming went so badly. I don't know. Yeah, no, nah, he'll have found something else. Yeah, probably. But, no. Nah, so, no, nah, the, 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 the investigation is closing down. And th- this one was definitely more future-focused, certainly. In, in, in it its... was, which I'm into. I, I think it's the more interesting stuff. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I think the, I, the present day stuff uh, in Homecoming has all the thematic elements, mm. uh, but I think in terms of all oh, the mystery and the the plot, that that stuff's all in the the future stuff, and I think that's more interesting going forward, with the the thematic elements just underlying it for me. Uh, maybe I I I wouldn't really say one's better than the other or more interesting than the other. I, I think. This episode, I'd say the future stuff was definitely more interesting, but I, I don't know if I'd outright say that uh, throughout. Like last episode, I think the past stuff, or the present day stuff, whatever you want to call it, uh, um, was the more interesting That was solely stuff. down to direction, though. In terms of overall plot, I'm more interested in in the future. Sure. Um, but they're both intricate. They're both essential parts of the show, though. They are um, very different styles of direction. So obviously, you know, we just mentioned how you know the last episode, we, we talked a lot about the, the style of direction for all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, whereas... The future stuff is—it's all this classic thread. It's very uh, Hitchcock or De Palma. All those, you know, the the high camera shots looking down. A lot of high camera shots looking down. Um, I especially when they walked to the elevator, it went into complete silhouette because the the camera turned and it was facing mm. the, the the bright, you know, lights of the the main. Yeah. You know the main foyer. Um, because the the building has like a balcony style design where the, the yeah. open, you know, middle is very open. Um, I no, I I dug that. Um, and I, I think it's a lot of there's not a lot of. There's not a lot of movement necessarily in the cameras too much. No. 
if someone's walking, there might be, but it tends to like to it likes these stark static shots where it'll cut to another stark static shot. You know. No, yeah, I, I agree. There's not a lot of uh, camera movement in, yeah. in the scene. Let's say maybe if they're walking to follow them, but that's about it. Yeah, um, which is a, a stylistic choice, and that's not that's not a critique in any way. That's just uh, that's yeah. the choice of what. I, because I, I think one of the mistakes people can make is that if if it, the less fancy it is, that means it's less thought out. But no, no, no sometimes keeping it simple can be more challenging because yeah. you've got to get everything right. Uh, I'd say you know it's it's a reliance on wide shots, but. That feels like a the wrong word to use, given how tight that aspect ratio is. Oh sure, yeah, yeah. It's a wide shot, but it's not really that wide. I, I think I actually appreciate when someone can do a whole scene in a wide shot because that's actually harder. Oh, I agree. I, I agree. Uh, I remember one one of the things we, was what we praised most about her quarry, which oh, had yeah. impeccable direction, some of the finest I've seen on TV, and you know the the ability to just sit your camera down and watch the scene unfold and not have to do anything else to keep it interesting. Everything's in the dialogue, the acting. Yeah, I mean, keep it interesting, and even just the idea, and obviously this is maybe a weird thing to bring up when you're talking about a professionally made thing, but, you know, mistakes happen. Parts of takes aren't maybe as up to the, the standard you hoped it would be, and one of the ways that you deal with that in filmmaking is you just well, cut to a different shot. You have multiple takes, you have multiple shots, different angles, you cut around partly to cover up the, the rough edges. You, you hate yeah, things. I, I don't think that's, yeah. that's not unprofessional. That's a standard practice. You know, that it's expected that, okay, not every take's going to be perfect. Yeah. That's which, fine. Which, which is why doing a whole thing in a wide shot or one or two different shots means that you're going to have to do those takes a, long, a, lot, a lot of times to get yeah. it perfect. You've got to have um, a lot of confidence in your actors. Confidence in your actors, you, you have to have... If there is camera movements, which there isn't in this case necessarily, but if you have camera movements, it becomes a, a rehearsal fest where you have to rehearse with the camera yep. operators. They're part of the, 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 the choreography of the, the movement you know, with the actors. Yeah, that... whereas being perfectly still is, is, is just as much challenge. You've got to make sure your framing is absolutely perfect, that you can sit on this for you know two, three minutes and it'll be, okay, no, that is perfectly fine. Yeah, no, I've got a lot of respect for yeah, it, me too. It, for for when you can just stay on one shot for like five minutes. This is, I have a lot of you know, Hunger's best scene is a shot that lasts sixteen minutes. <laughs> it's just it's just a static shot. It's a two shot of two actors having a conversation, but it's the best scene in the movie, and it it completely grabs your attention. It holds you, it pulls you in. Uh, when when that can happen, it's just, it's great. So, um, but no, that's episode that's episode four of Homecoming. So we're almost halfway. Uh, we'll have the next episode up the day after tomorrow. Well, should do anyway, uh, barring any delays. But I look forward to that. Uh, let us know what you thought of this one in the comments below. Like and subscribe, all that stuff. Get us in the Twitters at mailed underscore fuzz for channel updates. If you want to support the channel, head over to patreon.com slash TV and you can do that over there. But otherwise, that is us. So thank you once again for watching and listening. We always appreciate it. Keep watching TV, guys. Have you got any vanilla?